Well, good morning. Man, what a great way to start off the new year, isn't it? The first weekend in January and what an incredible celebration we've had already this morning. Just powerful. So thank you for being a part of it. I want to welcome those of you that are online. We're so glad that you're worshiping with us. And if maybe you're back from the Christmas season, maybe you were visiting us and you were thinking about making Central your home church, I just want to encourage you, go out to guest services. After the service, we'd love to get to know you, answer any questions you might have, as hopefully you're thinking about making Central your church home. Well, today, I hope that you have a little bit of gas left in the tank after all these celebrations, right? We've been celebrating for the last several weeks through Christmas and New Year's. And we're going to continue on with that celebration here today. And I think God's going to want to do something really special in our midst as we look to celebrate what he is doing. One of the ways we're bringing a highlight to what's going on in the church is hopefully when you came in, you grabbed one of these little little booklets that just say celebrate. If you didn't, I want to encourage you to grab one on the way out or in the coming weeks. But we're using it as an opportunity as we've looked back this past year. There is so much to be excited about. So much to be thankful for and just to celebrate what God is doing in this church. And as you're looking at it, I just want to remind you that every number in here is tied to a person and every person has a story. So I sure hope that as you're sitting back and you're looking at it, maybe it's on your coffee table this week and you're thumbing through it, that you find your place in the story. You figure out where your story intertwined with others and what God is doing here. And I hope it just brings a smile and some joy into your heart as you see what you're a part of here at Central. So some amazing, amazing things. You know, we celebrate lots of things, don't we? We celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and sporting events and touchdowns and all sorts of different things. We, We celebrate them all over the place. You know, we celebrate them in different ways, but there's a common thread that runs through each and every genuine celebration. And do you know what it is? It's joy. It is joy. Joy is the fuel for every celebration. You see, the celebration is the outward actions of that inner condition of joy. Joy can't be contained. It is such a profound thing to think about joy. I mean, when you really stop and consider it, think, we can find joy, we can find joy in in the reverent celebration of Holy Communion, but we can also find joy in the ruckus celebration and the roar that comes from celebrating a baptism. We find it on the mountaintop and the pinnacle of success, but it's also present in the deepest and darkest valleys of our life, joy can still be found. You find it in in the cry and in tears, and yet you can find it in laughter. You find it in, in the new life that's coming into this world, and you find it in the new life as we leave this world. The only way to explain joy, because it is everywhere, is because it's connected to the presence of God, which can be found anywhere and everywhere. Joy is something that should drive us to celebrate. It should cause us to rejoice and to shout and just really, really rejoice what God is doing in our lives. 
In 1 Chronicles, we see that as King David is bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, that he calls for a celebration. And the people begin to celebrate and they're, they're singing and they've got music and King David is dancing and there's food and there's worship and sacrifices and there's all of these different elements to the celebration. Because the people are celebrating that God is in their midst. The presence of God is bringing about this joy into their life and they want to celebrate it. King David calls for this song of praise so that it will help guide the people in their celebration. It will help put them on the path. We see it today as a combination of a few different psalms. But today we're going to use that as our passage of, to dive into as I believe it, it gives us some key elements to help guide us in our celebration here today. So would you stand out of respect for God's word as we read from First Chronicles chapter 16. And we're going to read a couple different sections in here, beginning with verse 8. It says, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. And moving to verse 23, it says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens splendor and majesty before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. This is God's words for God's people. Let's pray. Father, I pray that we are a people that are so overwhelmed by your presence that we are so full of joy that we can't help but celebrate you in our lives and what you're doing. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Joy. Joy is something that when we have it, we know it is there. It just causes us to react and to celebrate. We can't hold it back. I'm going to jump into some of these passages here and some of these verses, and we're going to look at some of those things that we can take away that help aid us in our celebration today. The first is this in verse 12 we see, Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You see, it all starts with remembering. We have to remember something in order to celebrate it. Guys, you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever forgot your wife's birthday? Yeah, you can't celebrate it, can you? If you forget it, there is no celebration. It all starts with remembering in order to be able to celebrate it. Now, unfortunately for us, we're a people who easily forget things, don't we? We're quick to forget God's presence in our lives and what he has done. 
It's not new to us. In fact, as you look throughout all of history and in the Old Testament, God reminds his people over and over again. He will say, remember me. Don't forget I'm with you. Don't forget what I've done. Because he knew and he saw it over and over again where the people had forgotten that he was with them. When we look at the feasts and the festivals, we see this reoccurring theme of God wanting to remind the people what he did for them. He established those so the people would remember his presence in their midst and what he had done. He didn't want them to forget. We have to be a people who remember what God's done in order to celebrate it. Remembering is such a gift and it's such an important thing for us to do as believers. But it's hard sometimes because we're so focused on what's coming that we don't stop and look back. We're wondering, what do I need to do tomorrow? What's coming in the the next few weeks? What do I need to prepare for? But in the life of a believer, we need to stop and spend time with Jesus and look back and see where was God present with us? What has he done in our life and where has he brought that joy? Because it's only then that when we remember it, that we can celebrate it. Last night, my wife and I, we were sitting in our basement and we were in my office and my own home office has a wall of memories. It's our family memories and it's just important times for us as a family. And to be honest, they're very easy to forget, aren't they? They're easy in the, the life, the hustle and bustle to forget some of those memories of, of in your, your family. And we're sitting there and we're looking at the wall and on the wall we saw pictures of our two oldest daughters getting baptized. And it just took us back right to that moment of what God was doing in their life and in our family and just brought us such joy in that moment. We saw pictures on the wall of of our adoption here the last few months. And we just saw what God was doing and we remembered how he showed up in our midst. There's pictures on the wall of the trips we've been fortunate to go on and see the mountains or the ocean and experience God's beauty as a family. All of these things brought back memories of how God was present in our lives. And we sat there and we talked and my wife reminded me and she said, man, I never want us to be a family that forgets what God has done in our family. I want to always make sure we remember his presence. And that's what it's like for us as a life or in the life of a believer is we need to remember what he's done. It's easy to forget, but we have to help each other to slow down, to go back, to reflect Maybe to spend time with each other going back down the years, just remembering how God has shown up and his presence in our life. It starts with remembering. Remember what God has done. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of his wonderful acts. Do you see that? Tell of his wonderful acts. Makes known among the nations what he has done. We are to share it with others. You see, when God does something in our life and and his presence is with us and he brings us this joy, it's not something that we're supposed to hold on to and be just for ourselves. We're supposed to share it. We've been created to be in community with God and created to be in community with others. 
When we look at the celebrations in the Bible, they're done with everybody present, rejoicing and celebrating the same thing. The feasts and the festivals, King David's celebration, Nehemiah celebrating when the wall was completed. Everyone came out together and celebrated the presence of God and what he was doing. I think one of the signs of of it being true that when God gives us that great joy that, that we are supposed to share it with other people is in the proof of what happens when, when God has given you great joy. Do you remember when maybe you got that diagnosis where you were healed of cancer or you found out that you were expecting a child or you got that promotion? I believe that in that moment you found yourself wanting to share it with somebody else. You were looking forward to, who can I tell? Who can I tell? I want someone else to join in the celebration. Can we celebrate on our own? Sure, we can. But I think we would all agree that some of the greatest celebrations we've ever experienced were because many people showed up and celebrated together. I think about when we got the news in July that we were going to be able to go uh, adopt our daughter. We've been waiting this entire time, and here we get the news. And I remember my wife and I, we were just filled with immense joy. We're celebrating in our own house, and as soon as we're done celebrating, we look at each other and go, who are we going to tell first? We pick up the phone, and we're calling family. We're sending out messages saying, guess what God has done? Guess what he's done? We want you to know because we want you to celebrate with us. I remember driving back to the church right after that and going into Pastor Bob's office and saying, guess what? Guess what? And we pulled in Pastor George and Pastor Aaron and others, and I began to share just the joy that we were experiencing in that moment. Because when you experience the joy of God, you can't help but share it with other people. And God wants you to share it with other people. And here's part of the reason. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but keep his commands. They would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. When we share the joy, when we share what God is doing in our lives, part of the reason we share that is because it increases the faith of those around us that hear that good news. And when it increases the trust of others in God, it leads to greater obedience. And obedience, we know, leads to greater joy. We're to share it. We're supposed to share it and not keep it for ourselves. When we think about telling the next generation and sharing it, it's so important to share what God's doing in our lives. It's one thing to read in, in the Old Testament how in the Exodus, when the Israelites were wandering through the wilderness, God provided for all their needs. It's another thing when I think about growing up and hearing from my parents or my grandparents how through hard seasons of life, whether it be through the loss of a job or through the Great Depression, how God always seemed to show up at the right time. 
He always provided everything they needed for their family. When I heard that as a kid, I I don't know that it resonated with me as much as it does as an adult, but now I think back and, and I hear what they said and I go, I don't need to worry about where my things are going to come from. God is going to provide all that my family's needs, whether it's through a hard season or not. It increased my trust in God. It increased my ability and willingness to be obedient when he says, be generous because I know he's going to provide for my family. I think one of the hard things about sharing it sometimes or that keeps us from sharing it honestly is this idea of comparison. And social media and just the world in general tries to do this a lot of times to us and it gets us to start comparing our life to other people. And we see God act in our life and we're excited about it and we feel that joy. But then all of a sudden we see and we hear about how God worked in someone else's life. And all of a sudden we start thinking, oh, well, man, that seems like God showed up greater in their life than he did mine. And I don't want to share it because it's not as great. And we, we start playing this game of comparison and it never turns out well. See, comparison is a joy killer. It takes the joy out of our relationship with Jesus and what he has done. If God is present in your life and he acts and he does something, I need you to understand that it is significant. God did it. God himself did it. And so whatever it is, let's not put parameters on it, whether it was big or small. Let's just acknowledge that God did something and we should celebrate it. We should draw attention to it. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. Ascribe the Lord the glory due his name. All this is saying is glorify God through it. We need to give God the glory for showing up in our lives and for what he does. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We're not the ones bringing it about. It is truly through the grace of God that we're able to have that joy in our life through his presence. So when we're sharing it with other people, we need to point people to him. We need to talk about his power, his might, his strength, how it was God's doing that this happened in our life. Point to his majesty and his splendor. Give God the glory. He deserves it, and he deserves it alone. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord and splendor of his holiness. Bring a gift. Anytime we show up for a celebration, right, you're supposed to bring a gift. It's just common practice. Well, when we think about a gift, Pastor Aaron had brought it up with our staff before Christmas, and he asked the question, he said, what makes a gift so great? What makes a gift so special? And I remember thinking about it. And and what I believe that makes a gift so special is the greatest gifts are the ones that cost the most. I know with it being Christmas time, every one of you probably just thought about the most expensive gift. But I'm not actually talking about a financial gift. It might cost you something financially, but that's not the type of gift we're talking about. I'm talking about the type of gift that causes great sacrifice. The type of gift that takes a lot of your time thinking about and planning for and preparing because you're trying to find the perfect gift for this person. 
And so you pour all of this time and energy into it. And by the time you give it to that person, that person is actually receiving part of you. That's the greatest gift is when someone receives a part of you. I think about as a parent, you, you know where I'm coming from on this, but as a grandparent or an uncle or an aunt, you know, we get these gifts from our kids, don't we? And you're kind of looking at it and you're like, is this a coaster, a doorstop, a, a cup holder? I'm not exactly sure exactly what this is. But it's not about what it is that brings us joy when our kids give it to us. No, what brings us joy in that moment is because we know that our kids or our grandkids poured everything they had into that gift. It's not worth a million dollars. It might be if your kid turns out to be Picasso or some famous artist. So save a couple things, not everything, but a couple. But we receive that gift with such great joy because we are receiving a part of that child in that gift. And that's the type of gift that God is after. When we come together and we're coming to celebrate and worship what God has done, what he wants is you and me. He wants you to surrender yourself. He wants you to give your time, your talent, your treasure, every part of you. That's the gift he's looking for. We know Jesus is the greatest gift we've ever received. Part of the reason it's the greatest gift is it was the greatest sacrifice. And so we receive that gift with incredible joy. I think about when the angels came at Christmas time and we celebrate them coming to the shepherds and the angels said, I bring you good news that will bring what? Great joy to all people. You and I know what that joy is. That joy is Jesus. You and I as believers, we should celebrate that joy all of the time. We should be the, the leader in our community and everywhere. People should get tired of hearing about the celebration in your life and in this church. They should go, why are they always celebrating something? They're always celebrating. When we ask them what they're celebrating, they said their God did something. You bet he did. God is always doing something. And we should find the joy in that and celebrate it as believers. That joy shouldn't be contained. It should, something that, should be something that causes us to rejoice. At this time, I'm going to bring Pastor Phil back up because what we're going to do is this is going to be a little bit different, but we're going to kind of practice what we've gone through here this morning. And as we talk about being in a place of remembrance and needing to remember what God has done, we're going to sing a song and the goodness of God. And I just want you to reflect back. As you sing the words, think about the goodness of God in your life. Where has God's presence overwhelmed you? Where has your joy came from this past year? Maybe it's been in your lifetime. Maybe God will lay something completely different on your heart. But it begins with remembering what God has done in order for us to be able to celebrate it. And I know for some of you today, you might be thinking, I am not in a place to celebrate. You don't understand where I'm at right now. I want you to know that as we talked about earlier, joy comes from the presence of God. And the presence of God is found on the mountaintop and it's also found in the valley. So wherever you find yourself, 
Let God remind you of the joy that he has brought into your life. As we sing this song, would you stand and remember the goodness of God? remind you of something in your life, whether it's his presence and the freedom that you experience in Christ or the, the healing or the birth of a child or grandchild? Was there something that he laid on your heart today just for you to remember so that you could experience that joy, the joy that is found in Jesus? As we've remembered it, we talked about how important it is to share it, that it's not to be kept to ourselves. Here in just a minute, I'm going to actually ask you to turn to somebody and tell them what brings you the greatest joy here today. If you're online, you can put it in the comments or you can talk amongst yourself as a family. But I want to remind you that we celebrate birthdays. We celebrate sporting events and we do it with great excitement, don't we? Will the presence of God in our lives and the, the moments that he gives us of great joy are far greater than any of that. That means that you and I, it's okay as we look into each other's eyes and hear what brings joy to one another for us to give each other a high five, maybe a hug, maybe to shout a praise. It's okay to celebrate because that's what joy does. It comes out in rejoicing. 
So would you turn to someone? Maybe you need to move around a little bit if you don't have someone right beside you, but would you share what has brought you joy and listen to what has brought them joy? Would you do so now? I love the smiles and the laughter. I love how you're experiencing what it's like to share your joy with someone else. I hope you realize how important that is as you're doing it, that as you're sharing and you're hearing other people's joy, that it brings you even greater joy. As believers, we have a lot to celebrate, don't we? And the most important thing we have to celebrate that should be, bring us the greatest joy is Jesus Christ and the change he has brought to your life and mine. In the little book that we have that is in the celebration booklet, you'll read in there that this past year we celebrated 75 baptisms. <laughs> That's over one a week, well over one a week of people giving their life to Jesus and choosing joy. That should bring you and I great joy knowing that and getting to be a part of it. So we've remembered, we've shared. Now we're gonna bring glory to God as we continue to celebrate. We're gonna give him our offering of ourselves. And so during this last song, we're gonna have a video playing and it's gonna relive and show every one of those baptisms from this past year. I can't think of anything that should bring us more joy than getting to watch and witness that. Celebrate when you see it, sing along. However, at the end, I'll come up and we'll close out and we will definitely celebrate as a people.
sing this together.
watching that video, it's almost hard to sing along. It's, it's almost hard to celebrate because you're just so drawn into what's happening and the joy that is found in those baptisms. So I'm going to give us a chance here in just a minute to truly celebrate once again. But I want to remind you in the celebration, when Nehemiah drew the people together and they celebrated the building of the wall, they knew that it was God that had done it. It says that on that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced, and the sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. The whole city could hear the rejoicing and the celebrating of the people. We just watched the, all of those baptisms. God reminded you of the joy in your life. Our city, our community needs to hear the rejoicing of his people. So can we celebrate one more time, as loud as you can, celebrate the presence of God and the joy he has brought into your life and in this church. to be a people. We need to be a people that are known for our celebration because we're driven by joy. It's not just here on a Sunday morning. It's all throughout the week. It's in our families and in our marriages, at the dinner table with our kids and grandkids. It's in the valleys. It's on the mountaintops. It is the joy of the Lord that is our strength. We need to make sure that people hear the good news. And I promise as we are a people who celebrate and we go out, people will be drawn to that celebration. When people celebrate, you can't help but look and go, what are they celebrating? And when they look and they come to be a part of it, we can tell them the celebration is from the joy that we are experiencing, the joy of following and loving Jesus. If today maybe you're wondering about this joy and not sure about the celebration you just witnessed, I want to encourage you to go out to starting point out in the foyer. Talk to someone about what it means to receive the joy of Jesus. Or maybe you've followed Jesus or you've made that decision, but you've never followed him in the waters of baptism. But today you realize that that's a celebration that needs to take place in your life. And we want to celebrate with you. Go out there and give them your name and a little bit of information and we'll follow up with you because we want to celebrate God's presence in your life and our life in the presence of this church and what he is doing. Let's be a people who go out and celebrate the joy of the Lord. You receive the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace and his joy that leads you to celebration when you leave here today. God bless you.